Hello, everybody. I'm Jeff. I'm Emily. And I am Johnny. And we are For All Seasons. You are listening to the More Than Music podcast. This episode is the second in a series of episodes we're calling The Ampersand Moment. Now, the reason we're calling it The Ampersand Moment has to do with the fact that throughout the year, we're looking at all these different seasons of life that are seemingly completely opposite, but somehow they're uniquely brought together by the fact that God is the same through all of them. So our hope for these ampersand moments is that we dive deeper into the season of life that each song was written out of. We wanna lay the ground and help the lyrics come alive but also unpack what it might look like to seek God in that specific season. So for this episode, we're going to explore the season of waiting. And that's based off our song, Light and Momentary. And when we talk about a season of waiting, we're talking about seasons where, you know, we're looking for answers and they just don't come. We're asking God to change our circumstances, but for some reason he doesn't. You could be, you know, lost in the unknown, uncertain, hazy, super confused. You're just waiting on God to deliver or change something. It's it's like when we're asking God to help us, but it seems like his answer is not yet. And on this episode, we have invited a dear friend of ours. In fact, she's one of my greatest friends um, to speak into the season because the song for the month, Light and Momentary, was actually written from her story. Um, so Rachel Kloss is a wonderful human being. I have to say that first because she's more than her job. That's important. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, but we met Rachel at Hume Lake Christian Camps, which is a camp in Central California that sees thousands and thousands of students every year. We were leading worship up there for a few years and um, Rachel was leading the high school camp and we just got really close and were able to share so much of our lives together. But it was a few years ago when we were at camp and Rachel was sharing this story at Victory Circle, which is this thing that we do at the end of the week. Hoorah. A hoorah. It's, it's where <laughs> students kind of share what it is that they've learned for the week. And she had told um, this story about something that God had been teaching her and uh, it really impacted us. And that was kind of where this song was birthed. And so when we started talking about like what season does this song really represent, um, the season of waiting was actually just was her own words. And so Rach, we're so happy to have you with us. Oh, thanks guys. She isn't so physically with know. us, which is so sad. She's I know. far, I know, far away. So I know, but it's funny because it's like, I, I feel like I'm just chatting with you guys, but I'm actually chatting with a lot of other people that are going to be listening <laughs> in our conversation. That's true. So, <laughs> Rachel, remember. don't say like, anything not, you wouldn't you know, want anyone still to know. Sir, still <laughs> um, but she's um, in Massachusetts at Hume, New England. And how cold is it there? Oh, it's really cold. Tomorrow's going to be negative nine. So I'm what? in for a whole new treat. Cool. We're complaining over here because it's been raining for two days in a row. 
But yeah, it was still like 60 degrees. Right. <laughs> yeah. I don't have sympathy anymore. You know, but Rach, have you gotten any new fun coats? I did. I just got a new coat today. <laughs> I knew See? you would. You never disappoint. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I asked somebody on a scale from one to 10 how much I needed to get a coat. And they just looked at me and they said, get a coat. Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. That, that doesn't sound like a number system, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Details. Um, uh, well, I love that you called Victory Circle a hoorah, you know? It's <laughs> <laughs> essentially what it is. It's accurate. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love it. It's at the time at the end of the week where we get to just, you know, as we kind of put this, uh, I don't know, capstone on the entire week of camp yeah. for these students, the thousand students that come up. And I remember that particular week, especially because I, every week I feel like I ask the Lord, like, what do you want me to share for these particular students as they go home? And it was just so evident that God reminded me of this time um, that that He had taken me through, and so I, I shared it just in that moment, and um, it was such an encouragement to you guys, which is just awesome blessing. But it was a season in life that was just so hard, and and despite being in ministry, and despite I think probably on the outside people looking at my life and thinking everything was great, there was just a lot of brokenness in my own heart, and so yeah. I. Uh, my, one of my family members, my grandmother, who's just such an instrumental person in my life, had come down with cancer and mm. was really just battling her life. And I, I had just asked the Lord so much of like, God, you just please heal her. And it just looked like, you know, life was just slipping from her and, and struggling with the pain of that and <clears throat> struggling with the pain of, you know, in the whole story of liking a guy who doesn't like you back. <laughs> to be honest, I might regret saying that later. But um, but finding myself in this just like place of just struggling with even being single. And um, I just remember this particular day, I was really hurting. And um, this was a time in winter camp that I was, you know, sitting there on a Friday morning preparing for a thousand students to be coming up on the hill. And I was just in this season where life didn't look the way I wanted it to look. And God wasn't coming through for me the way I wanted him to come through for me. And I remember just sitting there going, you know, a thousand students are coming up here expectant of what God's going to do. And I've, God, you've placed me in a position to, to lead them. And I just, I feel broken and, I remember sitting on my bed just with my Bible and journal that morning and and just writing and just saying, God, I, I need you to show me that you love me. Like, yeah. I need you to show me today. I need you to show me today that you love me. And I just was writing this journal, and I remember, like, I just, I kept writing it over and over again, and I almost was getting just, I was getting kind of angry or upset, or I don't even know what the motion was. It was just kind of this com- combination of all these things and just, like, just pleading, I guess, more so with God, just saying, like, show me, like, I need you to show me today that you love me. And I think in my mind, I thought God was going to show me, and, like, uh, as I'm even asking God to do that, like, I felt like it was, like, I was asking for him to have a friend stop by my house with, like, chocolate and, like, flowers or something, (laughs) or, or, like, a friend to call out of the blue and to be like, I don't know, God just told me that, you know, he just wanted me to tell you he loves you, or I think you're awesome, or, you know, like, oh, God, you're so tangible, and I think that's even (laughs) what I was asking for, and I was praying this 
this prayer or just this urgency of journaling. And I remember getting kind of emotional as I was writing it. And as I kept saying it over and over again, I remember tears like falling from my eyes and just onto my journal pages. And finally, I just stopped. And I was just sitting in my room. And I finally quieted my heart. <laughs> just this like still small voice. Just, like, and it wasn't obviously audible or anything like that. It just was this like impression on my mind that just mm. was this statement of, was my cross not enough? And and it wasn't really was, it was is. Like, I remember it just being so clearly, like, is my cross not enough? Yeah. And and I just remember just being so broken. I, in that moment, I then cried even harder. <laughs> because I think, that, like, in that moment, I think that so oftentimes when life doesn't look the way that we want, and specifically for me, like, the things that I so desperately, you know, I know in the character of God. God is a character of healing. God gives us these desires and these, you know, the things in our lives that we want to please Him with. And 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 so I know He's not a God that withholds blessing from us, or a God that isn't isn't kind. I, the attributes of God are that. But in the moments where I don't feel like He's performing the way I want Him to, <laughs> to be honest, like there becomes this like this frustration of, like, does God really love me? And I think that that simple statement of, Rachel, is is my cross not enough? Like, it just broke me because it is. It is so enough. And Hmm. I think that, like, the believer in every single one of us has to ask ourselves that question in the midst of the trials and the things that we go through in this lifetime. That's why I love this song. I love it so much because of, of the fact that, of when you sing like light and momentary like child, like they don't feel light and they don't feel momentary. No. You know? They they feel heavy and yeah. they feel like never ending. Yeah. And and to remind ourselves that this world is so temporary, but his cross has paid a price for us that will last for eternity. And and the gift that he has given us that I think it's just in that moment that it's just this realization that if not one other good thing ever happens mm. in my life, like if God doesn't heal another single person in my life or that I'm single the rest of my life or that whatever my wishes and desires don't come true, he is still good and he mm. is still kind and insanely awesome Yeah, because his cross is for sure enough. So, Yeah, I think it's interesting because for this season of waiting. And then also last month when we talked about seeing, I feel like perspective plays such a role Mm -hmm. in all of this. Like you having that moment of feeling all those emotions, you know, like forgotten and frustrated. And I mean, I think we've all, I know that every single person has walked through a season like that, whether it was for a couple weeks or a couple years, like, we have all found ourselves in that place and it takes gaining a proper perspective to not to get ourselves out of it. This is not like a, like pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of a thing, but I mean, in your situation and in so many people's situation, it's God reminding us and giving us proper perspective of like, Hey, these things that you think that matter, like they don't define whether or not I love you. But things like me sending my son, my one and only son to die on your behalf to give you not only like eternal life 
in the hereafter, but like abundant life now, like that is yep. the true representation of love. But it, it's just, it's so hard because, I mean, this whole topic for the whole year for us is like, how do we live in all of these like really weird in-betweens mm. where we walk in these seasons of blessing where we like tangibly see it, but then also walk in these seasons where we feel the opposite of that. But remembering that God is still who he says he is. It's just tricky. It's like the, and Rachel, I'm sure you're in this spot too. Oh. Like as the on stage person, you're like, let me tell you, like, this is how you go about it. And like, <laughs> this is how you be the perfect Christian. Like, here's the right Bible verse. But the reality is, is like, sometimes it just really sucks. Yep. And yeah. you can't just like have a right answer. I mean, the answer is the cross is still enough. Funny enough, as we've been leading this song, sometimes I'll kind of chuckle to myself because you know how we always make that joke, like Jesus is always the answer. Like, uh-huh. you know, like, in like the funny way. Yeah. Like, just say Jesus and it'll be right. You're good, like, you're good. Right, right, right. And sometimes in my mind, like when I'm singing the verses, I can like think about that. Like, are we just like blanket, blanket statement eight? I, that's not a thing. That's a verb for sure. Blanket statement yeah, I think that sure. works. I like it. Like everything in life, like, oh, well, like just the cross is enough. The cross is enough. The cross is enough. But the reality is, is like the cross is enough. Yeah. But it takes like a certain amount of humility. And sometimes God puts us in that place yeah. of humility to yeah. realize like, oh, when we say that, like that, that really is true. But we have yeah. to want to hold on to it ourselves. Yeah, and that's the key, I think, is holding on to it. Because I, I think that like, there's this like there's this knowledge and we can we can know God's word or we can we can hear God's word as we are in community or in church or opening up this word and but it like that's why I think that like even you know I, God just takes me in these seasons of kind of coming back and forth to the same topic and I think even this last year he's kind of rebirthed even this whole thing of saying Rachel I am enough for you the cross mm-hmm. is enough like just trust me just keep walking in my path and and I think even in that, I've just been, like, living in Ephesians chapter 3 and just this, this whole concept where Paul talks about, like, that, that he prays for the, you know, the Ephesians, that they would, um, like, be granted with, like, the strength and the power of their spirit, like, in their inner being, to know the love of God that surpasses, understand, like, knowledge. And that, that it's, like, so much deeper than just knowing. It's, like... Just not knowing, like, because I think even in my own mind, I'm like, I know God loves me. You know, like, mm-hmm. I know God loves me. God's in his son. You know, it's like I've known that my whole life, like, growing up. But I can easily look at somebody else and be like, do you know how deeply God loves you? But then when it's like, Rachel, do you know that God is, like, still deeply loves you? Like, and, and he, he showed that through his son. And, and allowing that love to permeate just my knowledge. And so it's like holding on to it and asking God, like, I want to know the height and the depth and the width and the, you know, just the strength of this love. Because, yeah. and and that's only something that can happen to the spirit, like in us, like transforming our hearts. And so I, there is that, like you said, and that's like so powerful of like, how do you live in that in between that God can, he doesn't want us to come to him fake and just be like, I know you love me, you know, like, to come to him and say, I really am struggling. I mean, there was like a whole time in my life where I wouldn't let myself go to bed 
without, without like believing that God loved me and he saw me in the midst of what I was going through and he knew the pain I was going through because I just kept being like, if he really knew, if he really saw me, would he really, is he really God? If you, if he would just let me go through the pain through yeah. seasons of my life. And, but it's sitting there going, I, I do believe that you're good and you are good and not letting myself fall asleep until I truly not just believe that as like the word of God says that he's good, but that I believe it in the depth of my heart. Yeah, Rach, I was, I was struck just in your story, just about how, how you talk to God. I think it takes a, a certain kind of vulnerability to be able to let yourself be angry at God or, or to even acknowledge that you're mad. Um, I mean, even for myself, like, I feel like it's hard for me to get to that point because I, I feel like up in my head, I know God is good. God's in control. I believe it. But I, th- I feel like it takes another step to, to say something like, God, I need you to show me today, like mm-hmm. that you love me. Do, mm-hmm. do you feel like there was a certain breaking point in your life or a certain moment where you felt the freedom to talk to God like that? Because I feel like in a season of waiting, it's just so one of the biggest, you know, ways to move forward is to actually acknowledge that you're in a season where you're asking God for something and he's not, Yeah, you yeah. know, you're not feeling Great it. Or you don't see it. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but my relationship with God has always just been so personal. You know, I think that from the time I was a really, uh, I would say in junior high is when it really birthed. And, you know, I, I think a lot of times it's like circumstances in our life that cause us the most pain that draw, I mean, have the tendency to either draw us close to the heart of the Father or to draw us away. And, and for me, God has used such seasons. I think people ask me about like my testimony and I always start with like, God has used pain in my life to, to draw me to him. But, you know, I think that that's when I was in junior high, I broke my arm really bad and was in and out of the hospital. And I remember so many times it was, that's when I think that's when it cultivated this relationship with God, that it's like, he was who I had. And I think people can go to other vices or other things or just to numb their minds. But for me, I just, I knew that the, I knew that God was a sustainer of all life. And so I think that that's when it really started for me of cultivating an honest conversation and dialogue with him so that I can, and I feel like, and that's like, even when I would read verses, I remember a a Sunday school teacher really young when I was on kind of talking about what does it mean to pray without seeing? And I'm like, do you just sit there? And like, does that mean like, I remember like a 10 year old thinking like, do you just sit with your eyes closed and your hands out all day? (laughs) Never sleep again. (laughs) be like no rage and uh and it's like just talk to him all day and I just remember her looking at me and saying just talk to him all day and I think that that's kind of how my relationship with God has been and so everything from thanking him for the good things that have happened and then also just being like I don't understand this or this is hard and and I think the the difference is, is silencing our minds and our hearts to be able to hear from him. Because I think that we can do a lot of talking and we can be honest with God, but if we don't give space and quietness 
for to hear from him. I mean, I I think about for me the impact of like the story I shared earlier. But as I'm writing this journal, I mean, I wish I could show you a picture of it. Like it just it was a mess. I mean, it was it was it was angry and it was hard it was hurtful and it was mm. it was all these mixtures of emotions and and then it wasn't until I stopped that God was able to speak, you know, and I think sometimes it's like I could have easily just been like so frustrated and like shut my journal and then got up and just gotten ready and just like walked out my door and just been like, well, I'm just waiting for God to show up, you know, but it was like in stopping and sitting there that he was just so quietly, like it was just this whole impression of my heart that just his word just came alive of like, grace is my cross. Is it not enough? And, and I think that the beauty of like, it, it, the, I feel like the, what God did for us on the cross wasn't something that just happened thousands of years ago, but it's something here and now in our own heart that, like, is continuing to transform who we are. And so, yeah, the truth was just such, I think, a moment for me, but it didn't come until after I, I quieted my own heart to hear from him. Yeah, I think something, too, that is so cool and awesome to point out is like for so many people like they'll hear that and I'm one of them and you'll hear like you know you're journaling to God and you're so angry and then when God responds with like was my cross not enough it's like so often my distorted view of God is that like he comes back in this condemning like how ungrateful are you like was my cross not enough? Are you serious? Like, stop complaining. Like, Sarcastic guy. Like, literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's so many oh, people. No, it's so loving. Right, exactly. But he comes and is just like so gracious and kind. Mm. Like with the with the saddened heart of a father of like, oh, I'm 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 so sad that you're doubting that I love you. Like, remember this one thing that literally changed Everything. history forever. Yep. And your entire eternity. Um, I, f- I feel like part of that too is those moments of waiting, like mm-hmm. in the sense of like sitting there silent, like, yeah. you know, it's so, honestly, it's so hard to do, mm-hmm. like yeah. where it's just, you know, so distracted. So everything's pulling for our attention all day long, um, including our own minds. And it's hard to sit there and actually wait for God to answer you. Um, but I, I also, I remember while we were up at Hume, Rach, we were doing, um, I think like an orientation week or something. And you had us do this exercise where we journaled to God for, you know, five minutes or something. Jeff, I was going to bring that up. That's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we take like, I mean, it really left a mark on me and I've passed it on, you know, to other, other students and stuff like that. But, um, you know, write honestly to God about what you want or what you're going through or whatever. And then you you would say, stop. And then everyone would flip the page over and write with your left hand what you think God is saying. Or your right hand, if you're left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Rachel's left-handed too, so. Oh, yeah. yeah Sorry, I'm not being very sensitive. There's right an now. even playing field right here. It's two to two. Okay, two to two. It's called non-dominant hand. Non-dominant. There you go. I couldn't think of that. <laughs> There's no minorities in this group. 
<laughs> but I, seriously though, I remember like, I remember doing that exercise and it was like life-changing for me uh-huh. because in order to write with your non-dominant hand, you have to really concentrate and unless it's, you're ambidextrous. And it's also probably a lot more simplified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I feel like I what's something I've walked away with from the exercise is that God doesn't, you know, God doesn't respond to us in these massive sermons, you know? It's like sometimes it's like one word or yep. one sentence, like, is my cross not enough? And yep. that like... And that every time I've done that exercise, it's crazy how I write so much, even though I know, I know the switch, I know what's coming. But then it's like when I switch over, God always answers in simple, profound truth yeah. that I have to hold on to. Yeah. So since that story, well, going back a little bit. So we finished the song and we kind of walked away from it for a little bit because we weren't really happy with the bridge and we were getting ready to re- to record the Clarity Project. And so Light and, Moment didn't, Light and Momentary didn't make it onto that project, but then we were at a writing retreat towards the middle end of 2018 and the guy that we had written Light and Momentary with was there. And I said, hey, you know, this song, it's so special to us. We love it. We want it to be on our next um, set of, part of our next set of releases, but we've got to rewrite this bridge. And um, mm-hmm. Benji, who's the writer, he said, great, let's carve out some time. And so um, I sat down with him and I just began to, Rach, like share how your story had developed since the last time we had written with him, which was, you know, years ago. Um, because I think it adds this whole new level to what it means to be, not only to be in a season of waiting, but to to move forward in a season of waiting, to not let a season of waiting like define you, but to really, like we've been talking since the beginning, like to shift your perspective and say like, well, God's still deserving of my worship, even when I yeah. feel like I'm not getting the things the way that I want them. And so can you kind of fill people in from that moment you know, a few years ago to now where you are and what you're doing. Oh. Gosh, um, that's like so cool. Uh, yeah, it, it's so funny hearing like your life kind of be put into like a sentence like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's cool. Who's she talking about? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, you know, I think that for me, like in, in that, I, I like... I think the beauty, even when, when, like, in that moment in my room, when, when God's like, you know, Rach, is my cross enough? Like, and I, it didn't take away, it's like, even though my perspective was, like, enlightened and reminded, you know, and it didn't take away the pain. It doesn't take away the longing. It's not like I just, like, all these things are just kind of, like, gone, you know? Yeah. And, you know, a year later, my, my grandmother did pass away, and, um... I'm still single. Uh, but <laughs> I think in that moment, there's this time of saying, I never want the things that, that I want to define me, you know, yeah. that I, I want what the Lord wants for my life, and I want to be open to whatever God wants in my life. And so um, just because things don't turn out the way that I want them to or the things that I desire to happen, doesn't mean, like you said, that my life just gets put on hold until he comes through the way I want him to, yeah. you know, or if, or if like, 
in losing my grandmother, losing the people that I love, that that now, like, I don't believe that God is who he says he is, right. you know? And so um, he's so much bigger. And, and so I think there comes this time in each of us that we have to look and say, do I, do I trust that God is who he says he is? Do I, do I really believe the things that I say that I believe? And if I really do believe that he's on the throne and he's the Lord and the Savior of my life, then, then my whole life is his. And so when we do that and we walk down that road, then all of a sudden, you know, you just leave room for God. You just leave room for God to continue to mold you and shape you into his image and to show you the plans that he has for your life. And Mm so, you know, for me, that just looks at like landing myself in Papua New Guinea on a trip that we, we go out and we run camp for missionary kids out in Papua New Guinea every year through, through this, this camp that we met at Hume. And, and it took the seventh time in going, actually it was the sixth time, the sixth time that I went over there that I'm, I'm sitting in a tribe and, and I just am sitting here so wrecked by the fact that there's people that still don't know Christ. And even though I've heard it so many times and I kind of looked at these missionaries and thought that they were, you know, next level superhumans, of just like, I think what they do is the greatest thing in the world. I just, I don't know if I could do it. I just don't know if I could do it. And I don't know if I could live this far remote. I don't know. Maybe if God, you know, provided me a partner to do it with, I would do it or just all these different thoughts that had passed in my mind in years past, and then I just found myself. And I think kind of even going back to I've been in this year of just really looking at Ephesians and just understanding the love and the depth of God's love and continuing to read his word and seeing his heart for the nations and the world and this desire in each of us to make disciples. I find myself just going, God, is this like something in me just breaking and just feeling like, there's so many people that have never heard the name of Jesus. And and then this thought of of then even kind of saying, like, am I supposed to wait? And or is this you prompting me? But the 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 in my own heart just being so broken by what I saw that I I just feel like I have to do it. Like I just am like I, I can't, I feel like there's this feeling in me, like, I can't not go. And and so kind of taking steps of obedience into seeing what this looks like in my own life. And I'm still walking that journey and still kind of just being obediently saying yes to God and to, to go into an unreached people group somewhere around the world, potentially Papua New Guinea, I don't know. Um, and it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. I can say it's like in a sentence, but there are so many moments of, of kind of like, God, what is this going to be like? Is it going to be lonely? Is it going to yeah. be like, you know, where are you taking me? How are you going to provide? All the different things. But when, when, when we understand that the cross is enough for us, it really is enough for us, you know? And I, that's what I, I keep telling mm-hmm. myself that because in the moments of, Lord, is this really what you want me to do? Is this, and I I go back to his word, and then it's like when you see it firsthand of the people that are dying and going to hell because they've never heard and they don't know and they have no concept of who Christ is. And so if we believe what Romans 10 says, that 
they can't call on someone that they've never heard and they've never believed in. And so there is an urgency for us as believers of saying, what are we doing to, to tell others about who Christ is? And so, but in that same moment, there is, there is a trust element. So, it, it, you know, I feel like I'm kind of talking in circles, but I no. think at the end of the day, it comes that time of saying, I really do believe what God's Word says. And yeah. when we really say that we believe the things that we say that we believe, then we would we live differently in the light of that. And so the things that in our life don't define who we are, Christ defines who we are. Mm-hmm. And when Christ defines who we are, then we desire to live like Him. And we desire to live like Him. He takes our unique giftings and the unique abilities that He's made us. Yeah. And then he continues to open up doors and to show us as we live open-handedly. So it's, you know, I, like you three are are making disciples and sharing who Christ is and the unique giftings and abilities that which God has made you to make His name go forth in this world. And and I love it. I love that you say yes again and again and again to what God's doing. And. And that's just what I simply want to do. But that's what every believer should do. And, and that, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be in full vocational ministry, but we should each be saying, God, how do you use the yeah. unique abilities to make your name great in this world? Because that's the only thing that is going to last at the end of the day. You know, when we take our last breath, the only thing that will matter is what your life says about Christ. Yeah. So what does your life say about Christ? Because that's all that's going to matter. Jeez, Rach, you're just dropping crazy <laughs> amounts of just like wisdom and like, but like just stuff that is so needed to be heard, huh. I think, by people. I feel like you, your story and what you are saying can be heard and be felt by so many different people from so many different yeah. walks of lives. And so. I'm just stoked that, like, literally, like, you started going off, and I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit back and let her do her thing, because <laughs> it's just, cr- like, it was just thing after thing. I was like, oh, yeah, woo, get it. It was just so good. And the, and there's just something inspiring about, you know, I mean, Rach, you've always been so open and so honest in your relationships with your friends. You know, you yeah. something you do really well is you welcome people in to not just, like, the things to celebrate, but also the really hard times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like, that's part of the process too of like, you know, trying to identify what, what God is doing exactly. But I think one of the sentiments of the song was just this idea of what do you offer people when, when God doesn't answer what you're, they're asking for, you know, like, and I think that's what you have been saying is, you know, some of those prayers that you were praying at that time are still not answered. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And so like, but still like day in, day out, you're, you're deciding to surrender your life. Like, God, whatever you want to do with me, that's, that's what I want to do. I, f- I forget who was saying this recently, but it's the idea that pretty much all we can do is remember what he did for us. And like in those moments of him not answering it, we remember. And like, yeah. that's what, and I can speak from a third-party perspective because I was not in this song, right? So musically, I, musically mu- you were. Musically, I was, but 
lyrically and melodically, I was not. Yeah. And so I can sit and listen to this song and say, how does it impact me without me even writing it or my name being on it? And so this idea of essentially these hardships, but it starts off with we remember in the midst of these things yeah, we remember. And like, true. that's yeah. so, that's so good to yeah. know, like to have that as a reminder. So good but job, Jeff and M. To remember, like, <laughs> I mean, you know, Moses all the way back to the very beginning of our Bible, you know, it's just saying, remember, remember. I mean, it's like a common theme in the word of God because we are such forgetful people. And that is, I, I love that that's such a, like a key part of the song as well, because that is truly what it is, you know, that we get so consumed with the things that are right in front of us and right before us that, um, that we forget. We forget who God is. We forget what he's done for us, that we forget he's enough. And, yeah. um, and it sucks admitting that too. Yep, it does. It really does. And it, it takes that time to quiet ourselves, to stop and to pull away, to gain perspective, um, and just to remember, for lack of better words. Yeah. Well, Rach, we're so proud of you and so excited for what God is doing in your life. Um, yeah, we love you so much. I'm trying to find I love you guys. It's fun for me. Like, I think I, this conversation has been so encouraging for me. I think sometimes even speaking out, like, and saying it, like, reminds my own soul. Like, I, yeah, I'll yeah. never forget, like, a camper, like, one time at the end of summer looking up at me from a pew and her saying, which she was really struggling of, like, is Jesus going to be your Savior? And is he really your Lord of your life? And I'll never forget it. She just looked at me and she said, Rachel, tell me, tell me if you, do you honestly, honestly think that you would love Jesus as much as you did? If you weren't here in this beautiful place, <laughs> surrounded by all these beautiful people and doing this awesome stuff and traveling the world and doing all these cool things, would you really love him as much as you love him? And I just remember being like, oh, like, girl, you know nothing about my life. Girl, you do not even know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know. <laughs> and, uh, and um, yeah, you know, and I just, I remember just, like, even, like, sitting there going, like, it's a choice. It's a choice no matter what. And I think it's yeah. easy to compare our lives to other people and just sit there and say, like, well, if my life looked like that or if I had that or if that happened, then, yeah, I would trust God more. Um, but we don't know. We don't know yeah. every person's struggle and the unique ways that God has it. And we each have to remember in our own hearts what he's done for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of you guys because honestly, you guys like push, you're my friends that push me to love Jesus more and mm. to do it authentically. And I've always been so grateful for that. So thank Thanks, you. Rach. Thanks, Rach. Love you, Rach. Yeah. Rach, love real you quick, how does it feel to have a song written about your life? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wondered that. I just want you to know, I kind of feel like a baller. Um, Here's the thing, Jeff. I've written a song about your life. I haven't shared it with you yet. So oh, oh, yeah. I cannot wait. If it's anything like your song for Emily. <laughs> uh, it's not I mean, anything honest, like that one. I, I remember, you know, I remember when when you guys shared it with me at first. And I just I, I just remember stepping back and being like, oh, my gosh, it really is my life. And it, it, but to be honest, here's the deal. I remember being so encouraged, but also so challenged because this song, even though th this is my hope, you know, I, I don't feel like I've arrived. I don't think I'll ever yeah. arrive, you know, yeah. but it's yeah. like, 
you put into words my desire to, of how yeah. I want to live my life. Yeah. And I think there's some days that I really do get it right and other days that mm-hmm. I, I equally need to be continuously reminded again and again. And so I listened to the, the song and I just was like, wow, this is the desire and how I want to live my life every day. And mm. Love it. you guys, we have a treasure waiting for us in eternity that it, it far surpasses anything this mm-hmm. world has to offer. And yeah. it is so true. And uh, this is about a life that is just so temporary. And, yeah, so I love it because it, it pushes me to remember. Mm. Well, Rachel, we want to give you um, a quick second to think about um, what is, like, one thing that you would leave with people that are walking through this season. But I'm going to give you a second to think about it while I read this passage that I just pulled up um, as we were kind of talking. It came to mind. Um, And then when I'm done reading this passage, then um, you can kind of share your last couple words and then we'll wrap it up. But um, this passage, it comes from Lamentations. And as we were just talking about remembering and being in these really difficult seasons, I think all throughout scripture, you find these moments. Rachel had mentioned Moses. We see it in the Psalms um, and here in Lamentations as well. So um, about halfway through chapter three, really the whole first part of chapter three, the writer is just talking about how terrible his life has been. And he gets to this point. um, He says, I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those who, whose hope is in him, to those who seek him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is young. Let him sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on him. Let him bury his face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him offer his cheek to one who would strike him and let him be filled with disgrace, for no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love for he does not willingly bring affliction to anyone um, or grief to anyone. Um, and I just, just kind of thinking about this whole conversation today that, that we do really walk through these seasons where we might feel forgotten and there is maybe grief brought, up, brought upon our lives, but we have to remember and hold on to the truth that we serve a God of love and compassion um, you know, no one is cast off forever. Let him sit alone in silence. We've talked about that, that finding our place before the Lord um, and allowing him to humble us and remind us of his great love for us um, mm. is such a key part to being in this season. So, yeah. um, Rach, do you have a couple oh, a couple things? Sorry if I said what you were going to say. That would be awkward. No, gosh, that's so good. You're like, well, I actually, I was going to read Lamentations. I was so caught up in how good it was. Like, that just... <laughs> <laughs> Who reads Lamentations? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. It's so good. Um, you know, I if, if you've ever heard me teach or ever been around me, you know that kind of like a statement that drives my life is that this life is but a breath. And over and over again in the text, the, the Word of God you know, says that our life is but a breath, but a vapor, but a mist, that it's here today, it's mm-hmm. gone tomorrow. And this concept that, like, we can we can be so consumed with the things of this earth, but 
but the Word of God says it's but a breath compared to eternity with God. And, um, you know, a, a guy that I've, I've come to respect so much, a guy named Clayton McDonald had this, this phrase that he said, but as, as long as I have breath, I have work to do and I have purpose. And, and I think that there's a realization in that, that this life is but a breath, and I don't want to be so consumed with the things of this earth um, that are hard or hurtful or are not the way that I want them to be and forget the fact that I get to, I have eternity that is a hope that surpasses all of, all greatness. But, but because I have breath, there is a purpose for my life here on this earth. And mm. even as you were reading, I was thinking about a, a verse that I hold on to so much in Psalm 27, and it says, I'll, I'll, um, Surely I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. And I, I, I love that verse because it constantly reminds me, and it's a verse I, I hold on to so often because I believe, like, there's this confidence that surely we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Like here, in this breath of a life, I will see the goodness of the Lord. And this belief of that, but to wait for the Lord, to be strong and courageous and wait for him and um, in the midst of that, and that there is hope and there is peace in that. And, and so that kind of perspective that the things of this earth are, are just but a breath. They're temporary, and the pain is temporary. Um, but in the midst of that pain, like, God has given us purpose in life, and, and there is courage to, to wait for him, and that there is still goodness. There's still goodness in the midst of anything that we're walking through and, and being a part of. So that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks Rach for sharing that. And for all that you shared with during oh. our time. I feel like it's, the wisdom we asked you to drop at the time. end, you did throughout <laughs> the entire thing. So like this last one, like, I don't know. What I was this, officially, say. <laughs> this officially concludes our most encouraging podcast of all time. Oh, <laughs> yes. We're only two in. <laughs> you said a high bar. Yes, um, yes, yes. Oh, man. We hope well, that you don't you freeze. Stay warm. Oh, thank you. I know. I know. Please. I will. I am going to hopefully make it through the next few months. Not a frozen tundra. <laughs> I believe that you can do it. I believe you can. But, thank you. Thank you. Um, but to all our listeners, thanks so much for listening to the More Than Music podcast. Um, if you want to learn more um, about For All Seasons and what we're doing, you can visit any of our social media um, on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. We're just FA Seasons. The song that we've been talking about today is called Light and Momentary. It was released just a few weeks ago, and you can find that on all streaming services. And then if you want to know more about how you can support us this year and play a larger role in all the content that we're creating, then feel free to uh, feel free to visit us on our Patreon page. It's just patreon.com backslash FA Seasons. Um, but until the next time, um, whether you're in a season of waiting or seeing or anything in between, um, would you remember that God is with you and that he has a purpose for your life and that he is deserving of every gift and talent and word and thoughts. Um, so would we be willing to give it all to him? But we love you all and we'll see you next time. See ya. See ya. Thank you.